Hello, everybody. This is Greg Young from the Bowery Boys. I just I just wanted to check in with everybody following, of course, the insane events of the past few days. New York City is still recovering, of course, from the events of Hurricane Sandy, which was the Category 1 hurricane, which has devastated the state of New York and also New Jersey and the surrounding region. So what you're about to hear here it's, will be almost immediately outdated from the moment I finish recording it. These events are still ever-changing, really history in the making, and will have eventually changed parts of New York City forever. So I just wanted to give you a snapshot of what's going on in the city at the present time. Tom and I are absolutely thankful and blessed to have Bowery Boys listeners all over the world. So some of you may not know every single detail that's been happening. So I just wanted to lay out the facts of the past few days, what it's been like on the ground here, so to speak. And I again, I apologize to later listeners, future listeners of this particular show, if a lot of this information is outdated, because of course, it's changing every day here. We're still dealing with the effects. Now, Hurricane Sandy officially made landfall in the United States on the evening of October 29th, 2012, uh, near Atlantic City, New Jersey. But while this historic storm has been devastating to up and down the uh, eastern seaboard here, we should keep in mind just how catastrophic it was even before it got here in the region where it started in the Caribbean, just offshore of the island of Jamaica. It was a tropical storm that became a hurricane on October 24th and quickly made landfall near the Jamaican capital of Kingston. It was the first hurricane, actually, to make landfall in the country in almost a quarter century. And then later it hit land again in Cuba. Dozens of people in this region were killed by the storm, with over 50 deaths and counting alone in the country of Haiti, which is a place that has just seen too much tragedy recently, as you probably know. Hurricane Sandy traveled up along the eastern seaboard and actually grew in intensity due to these other atmospheric events, including a massive cold front inspiring meteorologists to rename the event the Frankenstorm, inspired, of course, by Mary Shelley's famous reanimated patchwork creature. So cities all along the coast from Virginia, even up to Maine, brace for the storm's impact. Many New Yorkers, of course, were experiencing a little bit of deja vu, Because just a little over a year ago, in late 2011, in August, New York was preparing for the arrival of another hurricane, another hurricane named Hurricane Irene. Mayor Mike Bloomberg even took a variety of extraordinary steps at the time to ensure people's safety, including the evacuation of residents who lived in lower-lying areas, the area, of course, we call Zone A, and preemptively closing the city's transit systems for the very first time in its history. Now, I mean, Irene did major damage in the United States. I mean, it was a big storm, but in terms of just the New York City area itself, most people were spared any substantial effect. But we would not be that lucky this time. Last week, as Hurricane Sandy approached, the city again shut down the subway. They closed parks and public schools. And again, they called for the evacuation of Zone A residents. Now, Zone A is all along the waterfront in several different places and includes the entire neighborhoods of Battery Park City, Red Hook, Coney Island and Brighton Beach, Rockaway Beach, Broad Channel, and... I'm not quite sure, but almost a quarter, a little bit more of a quarter of Staten Island. The storm made itself known almost 24 hours before it made landfall, 
with rising water levels all over the city. By the morning of October 29th, before a single drop of rain had fallen, Battery Park, at the very tip of Manhattan, was already beginning to flood, threatening that old Fort Clinton, the former Castle Gardens, as some of you may know. The water surge ended up, actually, as the highest recorded since 1821. Now, in Dumbo, down under the Manhattan and Brooklyn Bridges, on the Brooklyn side, water invaded through Brooklyn Bridge Park and the surrounding streets. The hardly safe waters of Newtown Creek, which I saw described in one report as, quote, a toxic stew, flooded into the streets of Greenpoint, Brooklyn. So by the afternoon, people, of course, quickly realized that this wasn't just going to be something that they could treat as wantonly as maybe some of them had treated Hurricane Irene. A construction crane that was perched high above 57th Street in Manhattan bent under these forceful winds and dangled precariously near Carnegie Hall, endangering, of course, all the residences in the neighborhood. The face of an apartment building on 8th Avenue was literally torn off, revealing the contents of the apartments within and gave it this, like, really surreal appearance of a gigantic dollhouse. And elicited basically a collective response of like, how does that even happen? An entire face of a building being ripped off. All the tunnels into Manhattan were soon shut down and quickly flooded. One notable exception, actually, was the Lincoln Tunnel, which stayed open and was the only link between New Jersey and New York City during the storm. Throughout the evening, the coastline was completely battered as the hurricane finally made landfall in New Jersey, about five miles away from Atlantic City. Social media like Facebook and Twitter, of course, erupted with all sorts of terrifying images of high water, floating cars, trees, even reports of people in these Zone A regions that didn't evacuate. They were stuck in their apartments and many of them on the rooftops waiting for rescue. One of the more bizarre images early on that really freaked people out was that of Jane's carousel, uh, this 1922 carousel that had been recently encased in glass and placed in Brooklyn Bridge Park. Feet of dark water engulfed the park, while the carousel in this little almost jewel box uh, still glowed with the water all around it. Now, of course, more deadly and horrifying information emerged. Failing power generators in hospitals forced rapid and terrifying evacuations. At around 8.30 from my apartment here in Brooklyn, I looked up at the clouds and saw what I thought to be at the time a series of sustained lightning flashes. And I was talking on the phone and I asked, well, I mean, do hurricanes, do they even have lightning? I just didn't know. Of course, later I learned that this wasn't lightning. It was the explosion of the Con Edison power plant on 14th Street, which eventually led to a power outage that crippled all of lower Manhattan. But absolutely the worst destruction was occurring in those areas close to the beaches and coastlines. Staten Island was entirely cut off. There was no Staten Island ferry, obviously. The bridges were closed. And the residents were endangered by both floods and fires. As of this recording of the 41 deaths, I think, that are being attributed right now to Hurricane Sandy... Almost half of them were from Staten Island, so, and unfortunately, this number will probably still continue to rise. In Coney Island, and like I mean all of Coney Island, like the Seagate, Manhattan Beach, Brighton Beach, all of those are actually still without power as of now, I'm pretty sure. And residents woke up in the, uh, the following morning. There were hundreds of downed trees and hundreds of destroyed vehicles. 
Uh, at the height of the flooding on Monday night, Coney Island's most famous rides, of course, the Wonder Wheel and the Cyclone, they were surrounded by feet of water. I'm not really sure if it got how close it got to either of those or what the damage was, but some of the pictures are really dramatic. The historic Shore Hotel received significant damage because of the winds. In fact, it's it's very recognizable and ubiquitous sign that says Shore. Um, it's currently hanging by a thread. It was ripped to shreds. In Red Hook, which, as you may remember from the podcast earlier in the year, um, is already this area that's kind of unusually cut off from the city in certain respects. The basements of virtually every building were completely flooded. Boats and cars were just tossed around the area. The area is still presently without power. I believe most of it is. Because the electrical lines are overhead, they still pose a danger. I walked down Van Brunt Street in Red Hook just the day after the storm, And, you know, most of the residents were up and down, very busy, very taking it in stride, very annoyed, pumping all this water from their basements in the street. Businesses that were along the water in this area were deluged with seawater and were totally ruined. In the parking lot of the Fairway grocery store, which, you know, one of the best grocery stores in the New York City area, there were dozens and dozens and dozens of shopping carts in the parking lot filled with all this destroyed food. The entire contents of the grocery store must have just been filled with all of the seawater. Now, out in Queens, um, the Rockaway Peninsula was equally pummeled and very underwater. I think it experienced one of the most terrifying disasters of the storm. Cut off without power and the brunt of the most fierce winds, a fire broke out in the neighborhood of Breezy Point, which is just west of the old ruins of Fort Tilden. It quickly spread and destroyed dozens of homes really quickly. Um, with, they caught, with this combination of flames and violent winds, many of the homes were literally just erased from existence. The overhead photos literally just have a blotch of the neighborhood is just completely gone. Now, of course, I'm being very New York City-centric here, as we do on this show of New York City history. But, I mean, obviously, I have to add that the hardest-hit areas are along the New Jersey shore. At this moment in New Jersey, millions are still without power. Not just there, but in many states throughout the Northeast. On Wednesday, uh, the New Jersey governor, Chris Christie, and President Barack Obama surveyed the disaster area. The U.S. government has, of course, declared a state of emergency in New Jersey, along with other states and, of course, New York. Transportation systems all through the New York City area have been severely damaged. As of this moment, many thousands still remain without power in the New York area, including, at at least at this moment, most all of Lower Manhattan. Although I have heard that the power may return this evening. I'm recording this on Friday afternoon. So the power will return this evening. But of course, it'll take many weeks for regular subway service to resume to this area. Some subway service has been restored to upper Manhattan and out to Queens. And some areas of Brooklyn still have subway. But there's many areas that that still do not. This is the longest that lower Manhattan has been without electrical power since... Since, like, well, Edison built the first power plant in 1884. So, essentially, this is the longest power outage in the city's history of this area of Manhattan. Of course, you had, you know, famous blackouts through history, most notably in 1977. And those were far more dangerous because the city was in dire straits anyway. And it was the entire city. But still, this is a pretty historic and a pretty disturbing fact regardless. And many other historical precedents, of course, were have been set this week. The New York Stock Exchange closed down for two days, the longest it had ever been closed since the Great Blizzard of 1888. 
the MTA has announced, and nobody is arguing with them, that Hurricane Sandy is the worst disaster in the 108-year history of the New York City subway. Now, since earlier in the summer, we had did a whole podcast on the history of Rockaway Beach, and it might have been the first time many of you really knew the history um, of this area of Queens. I mean, I just can't can't help, like being so horrified, heartbroken by the, that fire that happened in Breezy Point, it immediately brought me back, actually, to a fire that happened there in 1892 that was, you know, equal in size and wiped out the entire amusement district at the time. I mean, you think of these things as being, oh, well, these kinds of events can't really happen anymore. They're just, you know, they're back in the past because they didn't have proper fire protection and they were old wooden buildings and whatever. But as the past week has proven, you know, these types of things can and still do happen. You know, this is a terrible disaster and many parts of the city have changed forever because of this. I really encourage you, if you have the resources to do so, to donate to a relief organization, um, to visit the websites of the Red Cross and find out how you can contribute and maybe even volunteer if you're in the area to get this region back on its feet again. You can also check out the website Hope for New York, which is hfny.org. Um, There are also many other charitable organizations that are aimed at helping out specific areas as well, like in Staten Island and Rockaway Beach and Red Hook and other places. I'm still looking for them, and I'll post some information on the blog, BarryVoicePodcast.com, in the post that relates to this show. Now, as a side note um, about Tom and myself, thanks for everybody checking in to make sure we're okay. But we are okay, mostly. As some of you might know, Tom lives in Chinatown near the Bowery. And that's also where we regularly record our show. The stu- our studios are down there. I recently moved to Brooklyn in the neighborhood of Cobble Hill. Um, I moved here two days after Hurricane Irene. So yes, I like to use natural catastrophes as signposts for the uh, various events in my life. But I, I say that because this really illustrates the sort of wide and differing effects of this, that the storm has had in the city. My neighborhood is virtually fine, and I mean, we're, you know, we're near the waterfront. There were a lot of trees down, and the streets, of course, are covered from one end to the other in like a blanket of wet fall leaves, but things are pretty good here. But Tom hasn't been so fortunate. He is in this powerless zone uh, downtown, even to this moment, um, and hasn't had power for a few days. Also not as fortunate was his car, his brand new car. He bought it two months ago. Um, he had it stored in an underground parking garage uh, right next to the East River. It has now become one with the East River, unfortunately, one of thousands of automobiles in underground parking garages all over the city who just did not make this. And so, but don't worry, he obviously has insurance. Otherwise, he and his partner are A-OK. Their cats, Juno and Varla, um, are OK. And, you know, they actually don't know what's going on and are appreciating the extra attention as animals do. But, you know, finding clever ways to get through these tough situations, that's what people do. That's what New Yorkers especially do. For instance, everyone in Tom's apartment, apparently, they put together the contents of their fridges and they had a huge candlelight potluck. Um, The streets around them were completely dark. I think the only lights were maybe police floodlights on certain blocks. 
but at his apartment, it was a party. So even with no power, many businesses are doing their best to remain open in lower Manhattan. The other remarkable thing is the resiliency of neighbors just helping each other out in, in all of these different neighborhoods. And of course, like even in the worst weather, and I'm sure this is the case uh, anywhere and for many disasters, you could, there's always two places you can always count on to be open in these kind of things. Uh, in these kind of situations, local houses of worship, and of course, the local taverns and pubs. So my thoughts and good wishes go out to everybody um, who's listening and has been affected by the storm. And please stay safe, help everybody out, and let's just get through this the best that we can. Thanks for listening to my little snapshot here. This has been Greg Young, and I will be back in a couple weeks with a new podcast. So everybody have a safe New York week.